Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today, Pastor CJ has a special Valentine's Day message called The Meaning of Love. Love is much more than just a word. It's an action. Are we being loved to a world that desperately needs it? We hope you enjoy this message. Get ready. Turn out, take out your sermon notes. We're going to jump right into our sermon. And we're going to jump right in. Hey, uh, by the way, I missed something on these. If you, uh, if you go, please on the bottom there, put Adventure Church or a name like Austin or Gabe Holmes. Put there on the, on the card that you can do that. Because I just found out that if they don't get a name, uh, that they don't get the, the, the money gets to them. Okay. 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 So they're on the names on the back of the card. All right. All right, let's get into the word. Today I want to talk to you about, obviously, the meaning of love as we're in uh, Valentine's Day's coming up on Thursday. And I hope and pray that, guys, you go get your wife a card and don't be a cheapskate and go to the dollar store. Go get yourself a nice card with a nice meaning that tells it all about how much you love them. Amen? But I, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And I love this because it sums up that chapter. It sums up the chapter of how we should demonstrate our lives and how we should really honestly be. And it says these things. It says, and now these three remain. How many know a, a three-stranded three cord is uneasily broken when you have a three-stranded three cord? And here's the, the, the three-stranded cord. It's faith, hope, and love, the three-stranded cord. But he says, but the greatest of these is love. Have you ever wondered why he says love? The greatest of these is love. If you have your sermon notes, you can see there. If you love someone, you will have faith and you will trust in them, right? So in order to trust them, the first thing you have to do is you have to fall in love with them. When I fall in love with you and I know who you are, then I will be able to trust you. That's what faith is. You fall in love with the Lord. By falling in love with the Lord, you walk in faith, and faith represents trust. It represents confidence in Him. It puts your hope in Him. So when you fall in love with someone, you learn to trust them. And so that's what it's all about. He says, the greatest of these is love. That you have not love, you don't know God. So I'm going to love you. How many can remember the day when you fell in love with your wife? My wife always told me that we, don't tell me that you love me, and if you tell me that you love me, that means you're going to marry me. So she never wanted me to say I love you unless I was going to marry her. And so I'll never forget, we were walking at Lake Nokomis, downtown Minneapolis. We were walking there, and I knew that I loved my wife with all my heart. But I always wanted to say it, but I knew if I said it, Kevin, that that meant I was going to marry her. So we're walking walking down the, the sidewalk there the, along the lake there. We're walking on the sidewalk there, and we're just having a good time holding hands, and the, the atmosphere was there, and the love potion was there, and the love connection was there. And we were talking about our dreams, our goals, our aspirations of where we wanted to go in life, and I just stopped her, and I'll never forget, I stopped her, and I pulled her in, and I said, Honey, I just want to tell you, I love you. And as soon as I said I love you, I mean to tell you, man, I thought, man, I let out a, a demon. Ah! You said you love me! You said you love me! You're going to marry me! Yep, I'm going to marry you. Ah! I was ready to run. I kid you not. I thought my wife got possessed. But that's what love does. 
Love is emotion. Love is a feeling. Love is an action. When you love someone, you're going to trust that individual. You're going to be able to put your dependency in them. If you love someone, you will have hope or confidence in them. How many know that's true? And that's why he said faith, hope, that I love them. And so because of that, I have hope in them that they will follow through, Tamara, with their word. They will follow through with what they're going to say. They will follow through of taking me and leading me uh, by the hand and being the strong person, the man or the leader of the home, that I have hope that they will do right things or right decisions in my life and for my life and that they will do so. But how many of you know that we hear the word love in so many different ways? We hear the word I love pizza. We hear the word, I love this movie. We hear the word, I love chocolate, especially ladies when they're pregnant. Amen. I love chocolate. Amen. But we hear the word, I love. And we hear, we sing the word all the time, I love. I love you, God. I love you, Lord. And I lift my hands. We listen to the songs in the radio. And when some of you, I saw some of you, and I can point you out. I saw some of you driving down the road, bopping to the radio, going to bop with your baby all night long. I'm going to be bop with your baby till the break of dawn, right? I see you. I see you bopping. But you know what? You're singing to the radio in your car. And a lot of times when you're singing to the radio in your car, what does it usually revolve around? Love songs, right? It revolves around love songs. Or if you're anything like my wife, you watch Hallmark. How many, how many watch Hallmark? Come on. My wife tapes all the Christmas episodes, the 25 episodes that lead up to Christmas, 25 of those bad boys. And then she not only watches them once, but she watches them once, twice, three times a lady. I mean, she watches those things. And after you watch the one Hallmark, you've seen all 25 of them because it's got the same theme. The lady leaves the town. She goes to the small town. She needs a new man. She leaves her boyfriend, and they get together, and in the end, they kiss. And when they kiss, I walk out the room. I mean, I'm just gone. I'm, you know, hey, there's just something going on. But, you know, we have all kinds of ways that we see love. But I wonder... Do people see love in you? Do people see love in you? You see, listen, spouses, husbands, and wives, we represent love. Our kids see good love in us or bad love in us. We pick, paint the picture of how we love. And your kids will follow in the footsteps of how you are. If you want your daughter to marry a good man, then guys, then you have to show what a good man means or what a good man looks like and how a good man loves because your daughter will end up marrying a man. Now get this, your daughter will end up marrying a man that's just like you. And how you set the tone, your daughter is going to have this impression, well, my dad is like this. And so my dad set the tone of who he is and how he loves. And so I'm going to go after a man just like my dad. So I wonder, do we set the tone to show how we love? Do we set the tone that I want to be a picture or an example to my kids and even to my grandkids of how to love. Love one another, love my spouse. You see, sons, our sons, once again, will follow the picture or the way of how we demonstrate love in our family unit. How do we learn about love? We learn about love from our family. 
You see, as we were growing up, how many can honestly say you learned about a lot of things, and a lot of things that you learned about really weren't good ways of how you learned it? You learned about maybe sex. Maybe you learned about relationships. Maybe you learned about family. And you learned them in school. Come on. And then when you learn them, a lot of times we didn't learn them the right way. We learned them in the wrong way, and we learned them in a slanted way instead of really what should have been coming out of our family and being demonstrated in our family lives of how we show love, how we act out love, how we give love to one another and to each other and to our family and to our friends. Our lifestyle is a picture or a motion picture that people are watching. And he says, listen, if you love someone, you will have hope or confidence in them. Does your spouse have confidence in you? Does your, sp your spouse have confidence in who you are? Are we setting the tone? You see, I hear a lot of times excuses. Excuses like this. And when I do counseling, a lot of times I hear excuses. I hear the excuses like this. I don't know how to love. My father or my mother growing up or my grandparents, they never demonstrated affection. They never showed love. They never demonstrated any of this. So I don't know how to love. And so because I've never seen love, I don't know how to give love. Well, let me say this to you. We're all individuals. And as being an individual, that means you have to be your own self. That means blaze your own trail. Just because your father or your mother or your grandfather or your grandmother didn't show it doesn't mean that you can't show it because we are individuals and we can blaze our own trail. When I became a, a father, I was scared to death. I, I promise you, Adam, I love seeing some of the stuff you post and read on Facebook about how you want to be the great dad and all this stuff. When I was a father, became a father, I was scared to death. I really was. I was, Scott, scared to death to be a dad. How do you be a father? So you know what I did? I didn't know what a good father was. You know, I had three fathers, three mothers, and I grew up in a rough situation. So I wanted to blaze, blaze my own trail. So I went out and brought several books about how to be a dad, how to be a father, how I could be the best uh, example to my kids. And I went out, and I started to blaze my own trail. I saw the bad side of how not to be and what not to be and what I shouldn't be like and what I should be, but I wanted to do my own thing. And so because of that, I read books on how to be a husband, how to be a father, how to do these things. Am I perfect? But no, I started to blaze my own trail. Let me say this to you. Don't make excuses for why you wives or husbands or moms and dads don't be affectionate. Blaze your own trail. You see, love is an action. Love says, I put feet under my words. I'm not just going to say I love you, but I'm going to demonstrate that I love you. I'm going to not just show it in words, but I'm going to show it in actions. Love is an action. If true love is unfamiliar, why do people write, talk, and text, and even sing about love so much? If love was truly unfamiliar. You see, listen, this is why people really look for love. There's a hole in the human heart. We are desperate for an experience of genuine love. How many know that's true? We all want to be loved. We all want to be loved. We all want to be respected. We all want to be honored. We all want to be appreciated. You see, within the intimate relationships of our daily interaction with others, every one of us, every one of us needs reassurance. Reassurance that you're okay. Reassurance that, man, you're a great person. When is the last time, guys, 
that maybe you told your wife she was pretty? When is the last time, wives, that you told your husband that you loved him and you respected him for what he had done? You see, just those words, words can change and words can uh, move mountains than if words can move the heart of a man and woman. When is the last time that you reassured him? When is the last time that you were affectionate with each other? When is the last time that you really showed affection other than just on Valentine's or maybe birthdays or Christmas? Love is a continual thing. Maybe some of your love tanks are empty because we're not demonstrating love to each other. And why is it such a situation within marriages and situations within family units? Because we allowed love to get covered up and other things to take precedence. But if we let love rise to the surface, other things will take care of itself. And it all stems from love. But my question is, why are we so afraid to be affectionate? Why are we so afraid to show love? In John 3.16, the, the focal point of the New Testament, and the reason why we are here today is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, when God gave his son Jesus to the lost and dying world, he gave us the highest love, agape. He gave us agape love. In other words, not looking at your faults, not looking at your wrongs, but loving you right where you're at. Aren't you glad that God reached down and loved you? I don't know about you, but I, when God came to me, I was in an unlovable state. I was not in a lovable position. I was not in a place where I was loved by others. Man, I was so full of anger, hatred, and bitterness, and so on. But God reached down in my unlovable state, and he loved me. That's called agape love. Agape is this. It's unconditional divine love. You see, we don't weigh our love by what he or she could do for us. And if you do these things for me, then I'm going to love you. That's not what love is. Love is an action that we love each and every day. Love is, covers over a multitude of sins. It covers over a multitude of wrongs. Love keeps no record of the wrongs that each individual do to each other. Sometimes what happens is we don't take the gloves off with one another, and we're trying to keep score. She got me, so I'm going to get him. He got me, I'm going to get her. And so what we do is we keep score. Instead of taking the gloves off, we're sparring with one another. Instead of loving each other, we're separating. And the further you get separated from each other, what happens is communication breaks down, intimacy breaks down. All these things break down. The next thing you want to do is you want to leave the home. All because you walked away what matters most, love. And you based your love on what he or she could do for each other. That's not true love. Here's what it is. It's unconditional love, the kind of love God exercises toward mankind. The, at the heart of agape is sacrifice. That, God, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to do this for my spouse. I'm willing to do this for my kids. I'm willing to do this for my grandkids. You see, we don't have to do things all the time with the attitude, what's in it for me? So many times we do things by the actions of what's in it for me? What's going to cost me? What's in it for me? What am I going to benefit from? If you're always basing your love out of that, shame on you. We're not in it for what's in it for me. We're in it because I love you and I want to show my love and I'm going to respond to you.
That's what it's all about. Agape love, sacrificing. Agape is the highest form of love, the love that everyone wants. How many of you know? I, we all want that. Isn't it a good feeling to feel loved? It, it's a good feeling to feel loved. I love it when my grandkids come and papa, 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 and they just grab me, the innocent love, and man, it just feels so pure, feels so awesome to feel loved. You know what? We all want to be that way. Men, even though we let ourselves get prideful sometimes, men, we want to be loved. Women the same way, you want to be loved. You see, listen, you see, we sacrifice. It's because of sacrifice that it's involved. It says few, but few are ready to give. You know why? Because it says because of the sacrifice it involves. Love is a sacrifice. It's maybe giving up things, your will, your time, your possessions, your energy, your thing, your resources, for the betterment of maybe others. How many have ever seen the movie Beauty and the Beast? Every time a new series comes out, Beauty and the Beast, Finding Nemo, uh, uh, what's the other one? Moana. When I've watched all those movies, I've probably watched Beauty and the Beast 25 times. Da 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 da. Man, before you know it, I'm up in this dining room dancing. Hey, this white boy can dance. Amen. Amen. Hey, but you know what? And what happens is, why did the beauty or the beast turn in the way that he did? He turned into the beast because he was cruel and rude in his love towards the wicked witch, right? So she put a spell on him and turned him into the beast. But you know, at the moral of the story, how did he turn back to his original form as a prince? By genuine love. By genuine love, he restored his back to the original self as the prince. By that lady loving beyond his looks, his appearance, his growl, his actions, and his treatment of her, his love reached into his heart and transformed his heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And at the end, you know the story, he became the prince again. You see, what people are looking for is genuine love. They're looking for genuine love. You may say, well, my wife is this, or my husband is this, or my kids are that. My question to you, are you giving back genuine love? Are you retaliating? Are you striking back? You see, love covers over a multitude of sin. Love looks beyond the fault and seeds to needs. When Jesus saw the prodigal son, if you read the story in Luke 15, when Jesus saw the prodigal son, what did he do? He didn't say, man, he went off and squandered all his situations, all his resources and so on. But when he saw the prodigal son appearing from the sunrise and onto the mountaintop, what did he do? Did he sit there and look, looking at the mountain and see him coming like, here he comes again. Man, he's coming back for more. Here, you know what he did? He ran. He ran to the prodigal son. And when he ran to him, what did he do? He put back on the sandals. He put back on the robe. But the greatest thing, he put back on the ring. That ring represented, once again, that you are my bride-to-be. You are my bride-to-be. I'm married to you again. He looked beyond the fault of what happened and what he did. And he saw the need. And he reacquainted himself and loved him again. Sometimes we need to celebrate and we need to get back to loving so that people can get back to their original form. Let me ask you, your spouse may be grumpy, mad, and sad right now, but the question is why? Are we being the person that we were when we married them? Are we being the person that we were when we fell in love with them? Are we being that person? 
That's the question that you always have to ask yourself. 1 John chapter 4, starting with verse 7, it says these words. Can you go to verse 7, Lauren? Starting with verse 7, it says this. Dear friends, he's talking to us. He's talking to us right now, and I want you to grasp this. He's not talking to the person to the right or to the left of you. He's talking to you, okay? So you got to get this in your knower, all right? I always say a lot of times we got to get this 18-inch syndrome from our head to our heart. A lot of times we got a head knowledge, but it's no heart knowledge. If we don't have heart, it won't be demonstrated or it won't be genuine. It's only going to be from the heart. So we got to get this 18-inch syndrome from here to there. And so I want to encourage you, open up your heart and hear what the Word of God is saying. It says, dear friend, you, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Now look at this. Anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So in other words, if you demonstrate love, you are acting out and demonstrating who God is. How can people know God? How can people know God is by your love. The Bible says in Matthew 7, verse 20, it says they'll know you by the fruits that you bear. What are some of the fruits? Galatians 5, verse 21 and 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love. People will know you by your love. They will know you by your love. So how do you know that God is in you by your love, by your response, by your actions, by your words, by your deeds? That's how people see Jesus, by your love. It's in verse 8. Whoever does not love now look at this whoever does not love does not know God can you imagine that whoever does not know God love does not know God because why because God is love so if we say that we are Christians which is Christ-like then guess what we have to walk in love what does love entitle love entitles forgiveness Love entitles gentleness. Love entitles kindness, gentleness. All these things encompasses love. So if we want to be Christ-like and we want people to see God in us or Christ in us, we have to walk in love. We have to walk in forgiveness. We have to let down our guard and let take off the gloves and learn to love one another and forgive one another. And stop taking records of who did this and stop taking records of scores of she did this and he did that. But then he goes on to say this. This is how God showed us his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So in other words, he poured into us that same love that God demonstrated by sending Jesus. He poured it into us that we can show that same love to a lost and dying world. So in other words, you and I are his hands and feet extended. We are a picture of Christ's life. Then he says this, this is, not, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. What is agape? Agape love is a sacrifice. It's sacrificing, willing to go the extra mile. Isn't that what Jesus did? He went the extra mile, right? Now watch this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, since God so loved us, now this is our action, we also ought to love one another. Woo! That's pretty hard to do. Let me ask you, what stone are you holding in your hand that you want to throw at somebody? He without sin, let him cast the first stone. And so many times we have stones in our pocket. I want to get this one. I'm going to get that one. I'm going to get this. Is that love? So many times we want to do that to our spouse. Is that love? And when God spoke and Jesus spoke to those Pharisees, 
He without sin, let him cast the first stone. You know what the sign of forgiveness was? They took the stone that they wanted to throw, and they let it go. You know what that was for? To demonstrate love. Love is an action of forgiveness, of forgiving and moving on, not living in the past, keeping score, but blazing a new future. Then he says this, no one has ever seen God, but here's how they can see God. Daniel, this is how they see God. But if we love one another, if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Wow. How is people going to see God? By our actions, by our love. How are your kids going to see God? By your love that you told your spouse, that you show toward your wife, that you show toward your husband. That's how your kids are going to see God. That's the kind of man that your daughter is going to want. That's the kind of man, that uh, husband, uh, wife that your, your son's going to want by the love that they see in mom and dad and each other. One of the things that Cheryl and I do, and maybe you see us, I miss her today because I do this every service. These guys see it every time. But I started this 38 years ago, seriously. Before I get up to preach, and you may not see it, but this is something that we do every day, every day. Before I leave the house, before I go anywhere, I kiss my wife three times before I get up to preach. Kevin, and they get to see it. Right? But you know why I kiss her? I don't have to say anything, but I kiss her three times. You know what it means? I love you. And you know where I learned that from? I learned that from my father-in-law. My father-in-law and my mother-in-law, they demonstrated that in front of Cheryl and I and also their other kids. And because I demonstrated that in front of my kids, guess what my kids do? They do the same thing. I love you you. So every time I get up to preach, I always tell her, I love you. Because I never know if I walk outside that I might get hit by a car. So the last words that I want her to know is I love you. You know what? Why is I love you hurt so bad? It hurts some of us to say that. But you know what? It does so much when we do say that. I remember the first time hearing my father telling me he loved me. It was earth-shaking. Man, it ministered too much. Man, he never told me as I was growing up as a kid. Only when he was on his deathbed, he finally told me he loved me. And man, it was earth-shaking. My father told me he loved me. Your kids are waiting to hear that from you. They're wanting to hear that from your spouse is waiting to hear that from your lips. I love you. You see, that's what God wants to do. You see, listen, the same love that God shows us, he also put in us so that we can love as he loved others. Listen, love is a verb. It's a verb. It acts. It leads our hearts and changes lives. How many know that's true? That's why he said, I'm going to take the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. How does that happen? Because God takes the heart of stone and he gives you a heart of flesh because of his love for you. He don't want you to be hard, angry, mad, upset, always with your fist clenched and ready to get the, and attack the next person that walks in your path. God doesn't want you to be that. He wants you to be receptive and open and embracing and loving one another. Because love cometh from God. You see, listen, is this love a gift from God? 
we receive when we experience salvation? Yes. Man, you remember when you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior? Wasn't it an awesome feeling to feel that love? Wasn't it exciting? But also, or is it something we're responsible for developing after we believe? The answer again is yes. It takes practice to learn to love. It takes practice, but once you do it, it becomes a habit. When it becomes a habit, it becomes easy. You have to develop it. A track star doesn't go out one day and decide, I'm going to run 20 miles. He has to prepare to run the marathon. It's the same way with running and loving. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says this. It says, follow the way of love. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. If you look in the King James Version, it says pursue love. And pursue love says this. Pursue love, two simple words, summarizing one of the toughest assignments we are given as followers of Christ. Pursue love. That God, my mission is life is to pursue love. Isn't it kind of coincidental that the two greatest commands that God gives to us, the two greatest commands that God gives to us are what? To love the Lord. Your God with all your heart. And then what's the second one? To love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Why do you think God gave us those two greatest commands? Because he knew that this world would get ugly. He knew that this world would become full of sin. He knew that this world would become full of pressures and circumstances and things that we go through in life. But he wanted us to stay in balance by always walking in love. Because love keeps us in balance. Love looks beyond the fall. Love keeps us out of the anger pit. Love keeps us out of the, the fighting pit. Love keeps us out of the, the ring of boxing and tearing one another apart. If we stay out of that arena, love will keep us balanced. You see, listen, if you take a magnet and you take a, just a regular ordinary piece of steel and you place that magnet on that steel, and leave it sit there for a long period of time, Monty, what will happen is that steel will become magnetized. It will become magnetized all because that magnet was stuck on that steel. They were aligned together. You see this, the same is true. As we stay attached to Jesus, his love will pass into us and out to others. Isn't that great? When you stay attached to Jesus, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, body, soul, and strength, and what's going to do? It'll flow out into others. It'll be easy to love someone. Why? Because you're taking on the makeup of Jesus. You know, statistics say, true story, statistics say that your spouse, when you marry your spouse, that eventually down the road, your spouse will begin to look like you. It's true. Look at it. Study it. It's true. They, look at it. Look at, look, look at it for yourself. They say that. That you begin to take on the characteristics, you start looking, all these things, actions, all these, you start to begin to take on these characteristics of that. You begin to take on those things. Isn't that crazy? So what are you leading? What example? You see, as you have your notes there, I'm going to go quickly now as we end, because I want to do something at the end. What love looks like, and you have this on your notes, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7. Here's what love looks like. Watch this. This is what love, Abby, looks like. Put your name there. This is what love looks like. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. Wow. Love. Look at this. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, 
but do not have love, I am nothing. Wow. That's not me saying that. That's the Lord saying that. I have nothing. Right? If I have all, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Wow. Look at that. Love. What is the central theme of the Word of God? God so loved that He gave His Son. Love. Love is mentioned 567 times from the Genesis to Revelation in the New, in the, in the New International Version. 567 times love is mentioned in the Word of God. If love wasn't important, why does God mention it so much? And then He goes on to say, watch this. Verse 4, this is where it gets good. Love is patient. God, I want patience, but give it to me now. Love is kind. What's coming out of your mouth? It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. If you do that one more time, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Verse 7 and last, watch this. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. So what does love look like? Love is patient. Look at your notes. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love does not dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love I want to stress this, keeps no records of wrong. Some of you, your record is skipping. I'm mad, 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 I'm mad. She did this, 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 she did this. He did this, he did this, he did this, he did this. Keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil. Love rejoices in the truth. Love protects the family unit, protects the intimacy of the family. Love always trusts, love always hopes, love always preserves. There's only one symbol I know greater than the Medal of Honor, and that's the cross of Calvary, love. I close with this in 1 John 3.16. I think this is quite coincidental. In John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, in 1 John 3. 16, he reads these verses. Watch this. It starts out the very first thing in John 3.16. But in John 3.16, 1 John 3.16, look at the end of this. This is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us, John 3.16. Now this is 1 John 3.16, the end of it. And we, Jerry, we, Marcia, we, well, somebody go ahead, key, step to the keyboard or whatever. Watch this. Watch this. Get this. And we, not the person to the right or to the left of you, not even your spouse, he's talking about you. And we ought to lay down our lives for our spouse, 
for our kids, for our grandkids, for our neighbors, for our friends, and for our brothers, and for our sisters. Let me toot the horn again of this church. Many of you know Jeff Jorgensen and Val. Jeff was in the hospital for an entire week. But let me tell you what this church has done. This church, you, took care of many of the hotel expenses that Jeff and Val occurred. Let me tell you another thing that love did of this church. We had an older family of our church that they were shut in the snow was this last week and they were shut in they live in Webster and they were shut in and couldn't get out they were gone in, in their house for a week a week they couldn't get out one of you on the spur of the moment went and plowed them out let me tell you another thing what love does we have another gentleman that's on his deathbed that needed firewood and was in bad shape. You, your love, while he was sleeping, didn't even know, didn't even know, didn't even know that we, the church, demonstrated love while he was sleeping, came and filled up his place with firewood. Let me tell you another thing about what you guys did of love. Many of you know that we helped out a, a family spontaneously one Sunday morning, but by what you did for this family was so outrageous that we exceeded. I want you to hear this. I won't tell you the amount, but I'll just tell you it was amazing. We exceeded far and beyond the rent money that she needed for her house. Love. And every one of those steps of love that we've done for that these people over this week, you should have seen. Yesterday, I did a funeral. And this young lady here, Robin, you should have seen the tears at this funeral yesterday. You know why? Because this church, and Edie in the back and others that helped, this church demonstrated love. And they cried. Love is an action. And God wants you to love. I told you I'm not done. And I still got three minutes before the, before the witching hour. I want all the couples to stand. Every couple. Every couple of you would stand. You're not done yet. Guys that need your help. All you couples... If you would come. Now, here's what we're going to do. You're not done. I want you to come, all you couples right here. It is Valentine's Day. All the couples that are standing, please come. Please come. We have something we'd like to give to you, Caleb. And Jamie, I need your help at this time. We got something we'd like to give to every couple. But I want you to come stand and face me. This is awesome to see these couples. God bless you. Go ahead, start handing them out. Caleb, if you help, start handing it out. Come on. Every couple, we have something we'd like to give you. You're going to see what we're going to do in a moment, okay? Make sure that you get one for each person. 
Just hand them out. Just hand them out. Make sure that you run out. We got more. Just make sure that we got one for every couple. We're going to do something very special here in a moment, Chris, all right? I love you guys. Monty, this is a miracle for those that don't know. This man right here is a walking miracle. Walking miracle right here. I'm so proud of this man. Okay? Everybody got your hearts? Got your hearts in the back there? You got them? Now can you do me a favor? I want you to turn and face your spouse now. Come on. This is Valentine's. It's okay, Stephen. He's, he's getting ready. This is a prelude. I love it. This is a prelude. They're, they're not married. I don't even know if they're engaged, but they're practicing. Amen? I love it. Does everyone got their hearts? Don't want to miss anybody. Hold on to your heart. Chris, Edie and Jeff in the back. Amen? We want to make sure that you got your heart. All right. Now, as you're facing your spouse, we're going to do this together. And I want you to look your spouse in the eye and say these words with, them, with me. Can you say these words with me? You ready? Look one in the eye and repeat this. Today I stand before you to tell you how much I love you. I thank you for all you do for me. May I never stop telling you how much I love you. Let's keep holding each other tight as we walk through many years together. I love you, honey. God bless you. Now let me pray over you. Now you can kiss your bride. These guys, I love it already. Now can I pray over you? Well, the congregation, will you stand now? Will you stand and extend a hand towards these wonderful couples? I love you guys. And I want to see God bless you. I want to see the greatest things happen in your life. I mean that. I truly do. Because God loves the family unit. And let me pray over you now. Father, I thank you for every couple here today in their households, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless them in their going in and in their going out. I pray, God, that you will bless them with good health, that you will bless them financially, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. But I pray most of all, God, that you will fill up their love tank, their love tank towards one another, towards their kids, towards their family, towards even to their friends and to their neighbors. Thank you for these couples. I place a hedge of protection about their mind, body, soul, and spirit, that they will become all that you envision them to do together. Well, two or three agree, it shall be done. Let them agree for great things, big things, dream big things as couples, Lord, and accomplish much. We thank you, Father, for today. Bless them and keep them, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you today. Have a great day in Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. To learn more about us or see all our upcoming events, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren or check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.